Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? Happy bonus show, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and tonight's topic is going to be not top 12 rookie draft picks. Uh, no Jerry tonight. Uh, Jerry is busy making that money, going to school, but when you get the opportunity to talk to one of the OGs in the dynasty industry, and when I mean OGs, I mean this is one of the first podcasts that I listened to when I started listening to dynasty podcasts. I um, just was searching through my Apple queue uh, the end of the regular season. I'm like, man, there's got to be someone putting out football content, and, and, and if there was a Mount Rushmore of of dynasty podcast i can tell you three for sure one day we're hoping to get the dynasty war zone chiseled up there with them but three that i would put on my mount rushmore for sure one would be the dynasty nerds the other would be the dynasty trades calculator and the third would be the dynasty happy hour and tonight i happen to have the good fortune of being joined by one of the hosts of the dynasty happy hour you know him as tyler gunther i just know him as tyler uh, used to be a guy that I enjoyed listening to, and I still do, but now he's just a buddy that I talk Dynasty Fantasy Football with. Welcome, to the for the first time, to the Dynasty Warzone, Tyler Gunther. What's up, Tyler? I was I was actually enjoying that. You could probably just keep going. Like, uh, handsome, probably most handsome podcast. Uh, the podcast that is just brings you joy and happiness to your life. The, the, the podcast that you tell your wife that there's somebody else and it's the podcast of Dynasty Happy Hour. Like, that would have been great, but I guess we're done. Oh, man, I, I could say tons of good things about you guys. Whenever you guys no, drop no, no. On, on, on a uh, <laughs> on a Monday, uh, it, it's funny because I, I do a podcast, and I listen to my own podcast. You know, you're a Minnesota guy, and one of the greatest stories I ever heard about Prince, the uh, the great entertainer from your neck of the woods, they asked him one time, it's like, what kind of music do you listen to? He said, I listen to my own music, and when I get tired of listening to my music, I write more music. So I listen to my own podcast as I've taken that cue from Prince, but I listen to you guys on Mondays when you guys drop a show. I listen to the Fantasy Football Fellas on Tuesday, Thursday. I mean, I, st I still have my classic rotation, so uh, the Dynasty Happy Hour you know, is my Monday commute to work. You guys, uh, you guys keep it going. You have a nice collection of, of talent. You know, sometimes it's you and Tim and Doug, and sometimes it's you and Tim, and sometimes it's just a various combination. You bring guys in out of the bullpen. It's great. So what else is going on over the Dynasty Happy Hour right now? Nothing. Nothing at all. Just keeping it steady, getting ready for the rookie class to come in. Uh, I got our, our guy, Andrew, Andrew Harbaugh, who owns uh, Coast to Coast Scouting, he is making a draft guide for us and he's going to put on the site. He is working out that at the moment, but that's probably the biggest news coming out of dynasty happy hour. Uh, we got the new dev. Well, I guess the Debbie happy hour is coming out with bill Latin. Now 
the we you want to talk OG like Bill Latin is oh I I OG. know <laughs> I, I I saw the announcement on Twitter and I was like now that's a hell of a coup that's like, a hell of, I, that's a hell of a move to pull off man it was it was funny because Bill and I actually talk a lot we're in Capitals Pigs three together which by the way I saw Scott post on Twitter if you want a league that is insane. Capos Pigs is a great league to join. There's like two openings, but I'm in it with Bill and we we talk trades a little bit, but then you know he talked back and forth and you know he's he's a Walmart manager. We we chat back and forth. You know, trades, trade negotiations, you start to get to know the person. That's how I do it. Like I like to, you know, hey, how's it going? How are you? How's your day? And, you know, really get involved and then you hit him with the trade. But <laughs> with, with Bill. It, it turned into to a good relationship in the community. And then, yeah, like he has been out of podcasting for a couple of years now. And I mentioned to him, I said, hey, we've got an open spot in this Debbie happy. And he, I, that's all I said. And he goes, I'm in. He goes, he goes, you're good people. He's like, I am on a podcast. I got the itch again. Let's do it. No, th- that's exciting because Debbie is something that we're going to jump into now, not to huge degrees. Jerry for the longest time has been our Devi guy. Uh, it looks like in starting in August, we're going to do one a month as well. So the more Devi content out there to great. And Andrew is, and Andrew is a great get for you guys as well. Andrew joined us last year after his trip to the senior bowl and he knocked it out of the park. So that's another fantastic resource. So, and that's the uh, Devi happy hour. Is that correct? Yeah. Devi happy hour. An- Andrew was on it before he was like the first person I had on it. And then he he went off on his own venture with Coast to Coast. He wanted to come back and do Debbie rankings, so I allowed him to. He also does rookie rankings for us because because of his knowledge. But and yeah, he just came up to me. He's like, "Hey, I'm working on a draft guide. Would you guys?" And I said, "Dude, go for it." I'm like, "You need a platform to post this thing on. Let's do it." Well, well, that's something we'll have to definitely make sure we have you or Andrew back to promote once that dude's ready. To go, but speaking of rookies, that's why you're here. Um, tonight's show is the inspiration of one of our Patreons, James. James is like, man, you guys have been absolutely killing it. I posted my very first Superflex round one rankings, and he was like, you know what? I get these. He's like, you guys and other podcasts as well have done a great job breaking down the big three quarterbacks. If that's Tua and Herbert. And Burrow, you've done a great job breaking down the top five running backs, which, you know, Akers and Dobbins and Swift and Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You've done a good job with the wide receivers in Judy and Lamb and Rager and Higgins. He's like, but what about the guys outside of that? He's like, I feel good about the first round. Can we talk about some of the guys a little bit deeper in the draft? And I was like, you know what, James, that's a damn good idea. I, I think we can do that. So um, Are we sure it's James? Maybe it's a soft J. It could be a James. A hundred percent. Could be James. <laughs> it could be James. Jammed. That E could be silent. We just don't know. Jams are great. Uh, uh, no, no. What kind of jam do you like, Tyler? Uh, strawberry. Strawberry. Easily. Okay. Um. Stra- strawberry. I-, I will settle for a grape. Don't try and like. No, I'm a. I'm a guy with southern ancestry, but don't try to smuggle in any peach jam in here. It's got to no. be grape or strawberry, or I'm just not into that jam. So jams with like a sweetness with jalapeno in it with uh, some some like cream cheese on a cracker is insanely good. <laughs> it's actually good. So the, so funny you mentioned jalapenos and, and strawberries. 
So recently I took a little trip down to Florida with my wife and son just to, to get out of the cold that is Indiana this time of the year. And they uh, went to a smokehouse, like a barbecue joint. And one of the barbecue flavors they had was strawberry jalapeno. Now I tried it, it was just okay. But it's funny that you would mention jalapeno and jam in the same week that I tried jalapeno and strawberry in a barbecue sauce. Yeah, that that's that's weird. I, and I also saw a, an energy drink, jalapeno. I like, saw the exact that, same one. Get the hell yeah. out of here. Yeah, no. So yeah, not that, that. and and also I'm gonna mark this down. I have derailed the podcast a little bit. Well, for those that didn't listen to the regular Wednesday show, these sometimes, I mean, you guys know me, I, I like to keep a script, I like to keep things flowing, but sometimes part of listening to a podcast is just listening to a conversation. Um, this conversation would be much like one if Tyler and I were sitting across from each other at, at, at a bar just talking, you know, fantasy football, and we happen to have the recorder going. So um, it's going to be hard to derail it. I, I do want to get into by the way, which by the way, you could uh that could happen in August. There's a possibility that could happen. Uh, y- yes, there could. There is a certain fantasy expo in the certain city where there's a uh, a football hall of fame. Uh, it's around the middle of August. Um, people are talking about booth space. Uh, I know you're you're already looking into it. I'm trying to. Uh, See if I can get Jerry to look into it. Now, this happens to fall like one weekend after my son's birthday. So if I can get my wife to have the birthday party the weekend before this event, then I can go to that event. So that that's what I'm currently working on. And if that is the case, I told you, you can drive down from Minneapolis to Indianapolis. And then we'll jump in my vehicle and we'll go the rest of the way. Yeah, I I think I'd probably fly. <laughs> you know, we we don't ha- we don't have that dynasty happy hour reputation yet. They don't fly us on private jets. We're not the Conor McGregor. Yep. We're not the Conor McGregor uh, of the of the podcast dynasty world yet. But what we aspire, man, uh, that and it's a three hour <laughs> that that and it's about a three three and a half hour drive from. That's not too bad. No, no, not at all. So I, it, it's something that I want to do, um, and that's one of the biggest. I don't say joys, but one of the funnest things to do is when you get to meet people that you've met via podcast and hosting, you get to meet them in person. Like I've had the good fortune of meeting Nick Whalen, uh, Kyle and Seth, the fantasy football fellas. Uh, I was sick the last time Izzy Alcafas was in town from the Dynasty Trade Calculator, or I would have met him for dinner. I guess he's in Indy every once in so often. Uh, we've got Garrett Price coming to town for the combine. I'm going to try to meet up with him. But that's yep. the that's the coolest part, man, is when you get to meet people and actually hang out and uh, do this thing behind the scenes. Yep, that's that's one of my bucket lists is uh, meeting Doug and Tim. And I mean, that it's tough to do, especially with kids and all that. But yeah, it's it's something I like to do, too. Like I met Izzy, JP, I met the trade calculator guys. I met Scott Fish before. That was like, I have always said that having Scott Fish walk into this event was like, it was almost like he was floating on the air with his hands up. There's a bright light behind him. He is the yeah. patron. He is the patron saint of all things fantasy football and, and just an all around. He had the footballers in town. I remember a couple yep. of years ago, you uh, you had all those guys, and you guys were eating uh, Juicy Lucy sandwiches at some bar. Yeah, met the footballers. They're awesome people. Um, everything you thought it'd be. 
Um, God, who else did I meet? Uh, Paul Charchian. I've met a handful of times. Uh, one of the nicest guys. And honestly, I have not talked a lick about fantasy football with him. I've talked video games with him nonstop every time we talk. It's it's good. And I've, yeah, I, I got to go to training camp. I've met some other fantasy people. Um, yeah, it's I've been, I've been very fortunate to meet the people I have, and it's been fun. Yeah, that that is one of the the funnest things. And make sure that you follow Tyler if you're into gaming. He will occasionally throw out things about gaming. Um, was it Destiny Two you were recently talking about? I don't remember. Uh, there, there's I, a lot I, of games. Yeah, I like. Uh. I, I used to play a lot more probably in the deep winter when you're not allowed to go outside. Otherwise, you die up here. So, um, yeah, other than that, it's it slowed down a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that every so often. Not, not much of a, of a gamer here. Uh, but the reason why we have Tyler on is the Combine is about, we'll say a week away uh, as the recording of this. There's a real nice graphic that I'll tweet out that kind of shows like the stair step of the days the players come in, the measurements come out, the day that they work out. And I'm really excited. We, we've, we've got Ray GQ coming up. We're going to be talking some combine. But I, I want to put Tyler to the test. Now, Tyler, for those of you that, that don't know, is a big, much like myself, a big aficionado of Superflex Leagues. And, and Tyler, you uh, and I recently had this conversation in the group chat that is Trade Addict 7 about where you and I both think that Justin Herbert will go no further than. Do you, uh, you want to talk about Herbert? He'll be the one guy that, that we talk about that's inside the top 12 in a Superflex before we get into some of these others. So with Herbert, there's a good chance you're going to see three running backs go right off the top. And, I mean, if you – if you think about quarterback scarcity in super flex leagues, it's insane. If you don't have two quarterbacks, you are paying everything to get a quarterback and a quarterback. That's probably not even that great. The chance you can get to get a good young quarterback is the best chance. Like look at drew lock. Drew lock was a mid second round pick in super flex leagues. He is not worth a first rounder. Like he went in the fourth round of a startup. I did like, Drew Locke went in the fourth round. Quarterbacks you, are flying off. You think it was born. because of his rap skills? It, it could be. Okay. But it's just it, it's just a young quarterback, up and coming. People are chasing that 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 dream. And I mean, you look at quarterbacks now, like Sam Darnold is a favorite of ours. I know you like Sam Darnold. He has not lost much value in Superflex, despite Adam Gase trying to suck the value out of Sam Darnold any way possible. Yeah, that came out wrong, but it's just, it's just quarterbacks hold value and running backs. That's probably the other spot you're going to go at three. If you're a team that's building and you're not going to compete for a while, do you go running back? Like that's the issue is do you, if you're not going to be competitive for two to three years, yeah, that, that running back's probably just hitting his prime. Yes, but are you going to hold on to that for that long? It, it's it's a hard debate for that third spot because at Superflex you got Tua, you got Burrow at the one and two. Those are almost locked in. Those are the the can't miss prospects. And in trade addicts, Doug and I are fortunate. Well, 
unfortunate slash fortunate enough to come across the one, two, and three. We also have the end. We have the 10, 11, and 12. So we have the top three and the bottom three. And like we need quarterback. We have Darnold and nothing. We Andrew Luck retired on us. So, I mean, people probably know we're going to an and burrow but it's that third spot we we're kind of back and forth on do we go receiver running back do we go do we go quarterback do we go herbert or do we trade back accumulate more picks that is the big issue and it the, you know if herbert lands with the chargers or the dolphins if Tua goes before the dolphins uh herbert's gonna land i think in a good spot that where he, I think he can succeed. I I like Herbert. I think he's got the skills to to be a very good quarterback. And the the quarterback scarcity is is real. I mean, Drew Brees is going to be gone soon. Tom Brady is going to be gone soon. These older quarterbacks are going to be gone. Philip Rivers is pretty much gone. Sorry, Memphis, but he's going to be a Colt probably. Don't don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, I I think everybody wants to put. Philip Rivers here, but one thing I've learned about Chris Ballard is that if it's not a, a marketed improvement over Jacoby Brissett, he's not going to make it. And I, I really doubt that Phil Rivers, I don't even know that Phil Rivers is going to be playing in 2020. Um, if he doesn't link up to a team like the Colts, I just, I don't see him doing it. But I, I want to jump back into these rookies. I think we, we both feel the same. I don't think, for at least for me, I have the sixth pick in Trade Attic 7. I Justin Herbert's not getting past that. I will tell you that. I don't even need no. I don't even need a quarterback. I've got uh Trubisky, I've got Josh Allen, I've got Ryan Tannehill, I've got Tom Brady, I've got Daniel Jones. I mean, I've got quarterbacks. I don't care. I will take another one and try to trade one of the other guys because I really consider it the Blake Bortles rule and that any quarterback drafted with not named Josh Rosen because you know, whatever reason he he's the outlier to this. It's the Blake Bortles. I like Josh rule. Rosen, so so get off my couch. Hey man, I, I, I would I would love for New England to resign Brady to a two year deal and then find a way to concoct a plan to get Rosen as the heir apparent. I th I think that's the best way it works out for him. Oh, I thought you said Josh Allen. Josh Rosen sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I love Josh Allen. Josh Allen's one of my one of my favorites. I got him in, in a lot of third round in, in super flex drafts because yeah. people hated him so much. But these guys, I mean, if these, these teams take them in the first round, that's a guy that they have to hit on. That's the GM's job. So these guys are going to get four and a half to five years. I mean, even Mariota got four and a half years. So even if you see a quarterback that you don't love, you don't love, you know, Tyler just referenced Drew Locke, you know, that you're drafting equity in the future. Because if, if you draft Justin Herbert at the 106, and he comes out and plays anywhere near like we think he can, then you're getting more equity that you can trade later. Uh, you can use him in your roster. And I, I do it as a blocking move. I mean, if I can have four or five of the NFL starters on my roster, I know at some point someone's coming knocking on my door. And there's a yep. big difference in working, as Tyler will tell you, in working with me when it's a buyer's market versus a seller's market. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean – and John Bosch did the strategy in UDPL, a league that we're in together. He drafted, I think, all the rookie quarterbacks, and you had to pay up for it. Like, there was no way he's letting them go. He had the market. He had Lamar Jackson that year. He had Cam Newton. He had Sam Darnold. He had Baker Mayfield. He had everybody. 
and he was not letting them go for anything cheaper than what was top value. And uh, people play it that way, like a, a, a stock market. But then you can kind of get mixed up in the, okay, I do need a quarterback and I will pay up. But you struggle at this position because you went that position. Like there's also that trade aspect where you can approach somebody and be like, okay, you can sit here and say, I've got all these quarterbacks, but you've got nothing else. So I can hand you this receiver for this quarterback. It's an even deal. Don't come at me with a, a counter because this is fair. You know it. And this helps us both. But that's also where it comes in because I think if you, if you're going to draft her Herbert at like say I we take him at three, and then later on there's a good chance we're going to get a better receiver for Herbert next season than Jerry Judy if we were to take him at three just for the aspect that quarterback value will rise no matter what and receivers can fluctuate up and down. Unless it's AJ Brown, which, but even then, AJ Brown for Drew Locke, I mean, in a super flex for a quarterback needy team, could you see that? A hundred percent. A, the AJ Brown love is kind of cooled. It was hotter than the surface of the sun there for a hot minute, but then it cooled down. But I like how you brought back up Drew Locke because these are the guys outside of that, that first round in a, in a super flex draft that I think guys are going to be talking about. Now, I'm going to give you three names because I'm not getting into the Jalen Hurts and the guys like that of the world, but I want to talk about Eason out of Washington, Jordan Love out of Utah State, and and Fromm out of Georgia. Out of those three, which one of these non-first-round quarterbacks are you the highest on, and, and who are you looking to target among those three between Eason, Love, and Fromm? It's definitely Eason. I think... It, you know, he was the big five star quarterback coming into Georgia his freshman year. He was the can't miss prospect, the the big arm type player. Uh, the issues he has, which are issues, is the movement in the pocket. He he can be a statue at times, and there's there's a play where he he likes to roll out to his right, but he does a weird like spin. And it, and it's almost like mentally, like I could spin to my left and then go right, or I could just move right. Like he he does wasted movement, which can be fixed. I I feel like all these big arm quarterbacks have issues, like all the all the safe, like oh he's got really good short accuracy and all this. They they don't have the issues, but the big arm ones do. But they have a huge upside. Look at Drew Lock, big arm. I love Drew Lock last year. I think he's my quarterback too. Drew Locke was an insane talent. I mean, we all saw it. He had, he had the big arm. I thought he had good accuracy. Other people didn't. People had issues with his feet. I mean, Matt Safford has issue with his feet placement back when he was a, a rookie. Things can be fixed in that aspect, but the arm talent is something that doesn't come. Like, Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to have a Mahomes cannon ever in his life. And it's because it's something that people have that they're born with. It's something that you can't all of a sudden be like, I'm going to work on having a strong arm and getting 20 yards throwing distance by next season. Like the only player I've ever seen do that was Andy Dalton. I think he gained like 10 yards added to his deep ball, but it was, it went from like 40 to 50 yard deep ball. So it wasn't anything that hoot and holler about Jacob Eason has probably the strongest arm in this class. He has, 
the more tools as a quarterback in this class. I think I know people say Jordan Love, but I think it's Eason. The only issue is, is he's got the Ben Roth Ben Roethlisberger type build. He's bigger, longer, and he, there's times when yes, he can. He stands in the pocket and he he's almost like a statue. I think he can work on that. We'll see in the combine. Josh Allen had issues with that. Allen, I think, was more mobile, so I'm not comparing him to that. But I I like Eason a lot, and he went through adversity. He he got outplayed at Georgia, and I get when he went to Washington, there was talks that he wasn't even going to start. But when he came in, he was tearing it up. He was, I think his first game, he had three touchdowns and 300 plus yards. And this is with Washington. They have some weapons, but not much. They have the running back Ahmed, but yeah, Washington Washington wasn't a, a high profile place. He went from Georgia to Washington, and he had to sit out a year of football. I, I don't think that can go lightly. So he sat out a whole entire year, the year before last, just because of the transfer, and then came in as a starter. And I think he played well, and he, I think he grew. But I like Eason a lot, so. That is probably where my flag's planted. He is at 11 for me in Superflex rankings. And, man, Ray's going to kill me, but he's ahead of Jalen Rager at the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> M- Mr. GQ and you will have words. I-, I like Eason as well. And in Mel Kuyper's most recent mock draft that came out on ESPN, I, I know Mel has lost a-, a little bit on his fastball, we'll say, over the last few years. But he's very connected. And he's got... Uh, Eason going in the the first round to the uh, the Patriots, which you know I think they do re-sign uh, Brady. They're currently the odds-on favorite in Vegas to re-sign Brady. I know there's a lot of uh, Las Vegas Raider and Tennessee Titan. Talk. I hope that happens. I hope he goes to Vegas. I, I, it would be fun. I I just don't think it's it's gonna happen. But I think that's where Eason goes. I think a year of apprenticing under a veteran quarterback like a Drew Brees, like a New England Patriots, and I think he fits more from the the physical description. I mean, think about. I mean, Tom Brady's lost some zip on his fastball too. Think about a big arm guy there in 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 New England that has to go to Buffalo once a year, that has to go to New York City once a year. Big arm guy out there in the elements. That that makes a ton of sense. For me, I mean, if I'm just gambling, because I think that all three of these guys are a gamble in the late first, early second, for me it's Jordan Love because it's complete boom bust. You're, you, you're either going to hit an absolute home run like you did with Daniel Jones or even Drew Locke because you, of the return on that investment, or it's going to absolutely just burn up in your hands and be worth yep. nothing. But if you're, if you're going big boom, big bust, it's Jordan Love. And then I was listening to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah and they compared uh, Fromm to like an uh, an Andy Dalton type player, so which isn't th- bad. No, n- not at all. Andy Dalton. I think people forget that at one time, when uh, Jay Gruden was the offensive coordinator there in Cincinnati, Andy Dalton finished in the top five in quarterback fantasy points. I think it was 2013. And, and I just think Fromm. No, no. As a Colts fan, it's not a sexy pick, and I don't think he's much better than Brissett. But if, if he goes to an offensive mind like Frank Reich with weapons like T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell and an offensive line like the Colts has, you know, I, I don't hate that. Jacoby yeah. Brissett under, under contract for one more year. Um, you can let him kind of, you know, gradually hand the team over 
to a from. Yeah, like that eight week, that six to eight week yeah. type period from comes. Yeah, I like that. You, you know, you, you kind of see, hey, can Jacoby get us over the hump? The Colts are in playoff contention up until like week 13. Jacoby was playing hurt. Don't know. But all three of these guys, I think they need a year to marinate. But if, if you like the draft capital and the team, I have no problem using a second-round pick. Now, Nick Whalen took uh, took Fromm at the 206 or 207, if I remember correctly, in our first mock draft. So That's a, that's a good sweet spot for him, I think. that If you can get him in Superflex at that price, oh, yeah. like I, I would love that. Because – in the in the first round, I don't know about you, but I I always like to get that guarantee. I don't say guarantee because nothing's guaranteed, but I want the safest pick with the highest upside in the first round because that's like a building block of your team for the future. Yep. But once you get to that second, third, fourth round, now it's time to gamble a little bit and see see what we can do with those guys. So we covered some of the non round one quarterbacks, at least non non round one for me. Uh, Tyler's got Eason just just inside the, the first round. I want to talk rookies, before, um, excuse me, tight end rookies before we get into the running backs <laughs> and the wide receivers. So the four guys that I have listed here for like tight end premium purposes would be Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue, Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. Who would have known the state of Indiana would be the uh, the mecca of tight end college uh, play? In 2019, uh, Albert Abawangabung, um, that guy from Missouri, Albert O from Missouri. And yeah, the then, guy that destroyed his draft stock. I mean, remember yeah, when he yeah. was talked about in the first round in the NFL draft, and now he's, I've I've seen him mocked in the sixth, the fifth or sixth round. Like, oof, it's it's, it's crazy how far his stock has fallen. And then Hunter Bryant. Um, I know there was the young man that we, we talked about out of Dayton as well, and I'm drawing a blank on him. But is there any one of these not first-round tight ends? Like last year, you were the you were the king. Uh, people would only think that I was the king. I was not. I was but a mere prince compared to your kingness of the Tyler, uh, of the TJ Hawkinson love. So as the tight end whisperer that you are, is there one of these guys that stand out stands out to you? Um, I do really like... Uh... Theatis Moss. It could just be because his father destroyed everything up here in Minnesota. And and Randy, Randy Moss is just pretty much a god up here. But his son just after he transferred into LSU, and I mean, he is a, a big man, a very athletic man. And if he is only scratching the surface, he is going to be a very good player. So yeah, I'd probably say Moss. And yeah, I've got I've got Komet as my tight end one. And it's I think that's consensus, by the way. Yeah. Um, from both the real NFL mock guys and the dynasty mock guys, I think Komet's the number one for most people. I mean, if if you like Tyler if you liked Tyler Eifert, but somebody who's I'd say he's a mix between Tyler Eifert and Kyle Rudolph coming out of Notre Dame. He he's got the size of Rudolph, but I think he's got a better pass catching ability like Eifert did. Um, I think a lot of people just didn't see what he could do because of that offense in Notre Dame and just how hot and cold it was and just how run heavy it was. But yeah, and then you also hear stories of Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. A lot of people like him, they, they're comparing him to the next Kittle. I mean, there's there's a couple plays in his in his tape of him just destroying safeties. 
Like I don't think there was one play he was running across the middle and then he he went up the seam. And man, I don't think he missed a step. I don't think he even flinched when he got hit by the safety and the safety I thought died. Like he, he just fell right on on his back. And I'm like, yikes. Like I just saw somebody die on film. That sucks. But yeah, I, I Harrison Bryant is a player I'm looking at. But yeah, I think Moss and Komet are the two I'm really, really liking this year for tight end class. But the there's something you guys got to know. If we're not talking super flex or tight end premium, if this is just one quarterback, hit tight ends and quarterbacks in the third and fourth rounds. Like it, even if it's one quarterback league, if you can get that value and say a player like Fromm is there in the late third, take him. And if he hits, that value is going to go up to a second, maybe even a first, depending on how good this quarterback is. Because the people want younger quarterbacks for the aspect of, I get this guy for 10, 15 years. I don't have to worry about a quarterback. That is something that even in my home leagues, and that is the audience, you know, we, we like to reach out to, we like to talk about, you know, home leagues. And I'd like to talk, bring up my home leagues is quarterbacks are way, way more valued in home leagues than they are in say industry leagues. Like say Memphis and I are in a one quarterback league. We ain't going to get Jack for anybody. Like you, you could get, something good for Mahomes, but other than that, you're not getting jacked for quarterback. I'm in home leagues where you can't even get Mahomes for like a first round plus, which is insane in a one quarterback league. So yeah, um, take your shots at tight ends and quarterbacks in the late rounds. And when you hit, you're hitting big Mark Andrews, huge for me. I was, I loved Mark Andrews. Everybody was on, Oh, Hayden Hurst is the first round. No, 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 no. Mark Andrews was tight end one before even, the combine and it, and he kind of fell off after he got drafted after Hayden Hurst. And now look at him. Now he's, you know, a lot of people's tight end three in dynasty. I, I think that's a good call. And one thing that you, you touched on there for a second was the, the tight end premium and the quarterback in the super flex leagues. Y- you should walk away from every super flex and tight end premium draft with one of each. Now you just need yep. to go. You just need to go down through and hey, do I want to invest this third, this fourth? Maybe you have two fours, and you start looking. Hey, where where's the tight end I I want to gamble on? And because teams do that all the time, the Patriots have done that for years. I mean, they were able to trade Jacoby Brissett to the Colts. They traded Jimmy G to the Forty ers and and why? Because even though they had an all time great in Tom Brady they were still investing in the position and you should be doing the same thing. So maybe it's not a first round guy, maybe it's a a fourth round guy, but but take that gamble because in these premium leagues when they hit they're worth a ton. The guy that I like, I like Bryson Hopkins and no it's not a Purdue thing. I went to Ball State. We we don't even barely know what football is there, but just just a move tight end. Um probably going to be a lot like a uh, Mike Gesicki where he's going to need a year or two to develop his craft he's not a great blocker and as rookie tight ends go if you're not a great blocker it's really hard you know the Evan Ingrams and Jeremy Shockeys of the world are really so much of an outlier to get that kind of rookie production and we thought we had it last year with TJ Hawkinson in that first game but it, it even takes the best of prospects at the tight end of position a little bit of while, so I, I I like I like Tyler's two guys, and and I do like Bryson Hopkins and the kid Hunter out of Bryant. Hunter Bryant, I, and I, I do like Adam uh, Adam Troutman, the, the the young man out of Dayton. Now he is going to be more of a project and less of a prospect. 
Um, but you know, he's Dane Brugler's tight end one in the class. So it's really hard to, to know what to make of these guys, but the NFL is going to help us. They're going to say, Hey, we took this guy in X round. So, um, Th- th- they will help define that. So we, so we covered some some quarterbacks. We covered some. Uh, just just sure, one second. Sure, yeah, jump uh, in here. Uh, the UDPL league that we're both in, I, I'm going to go back to that. I had the 312 and 401 turn. I took Jared Stidham at 312 and Foster Moreau at 401. Like that. that's exactly what you're talking about, the double dip. Uh, make sure you get, get one of those guys at the position. You know, maybe it was a Will Greer, but hey, he got some starts and you could have sold him for, say, a second rounder on that hype. You, you're always going to have opportunity to sell on these guys that are taken in, in the day day one or day two in, uh, in the NFL draft. And like Jared Stidham, I, there's a chance where I'm going to be able to sell him. Foster Moreau had seven touchdowns this year and he was startable in spots. So yeah, tight ends, depending on their draft, Depend what how you feel about the player. That's a big thing. Watch the tape, see what you think of those players, because what you think and what you've seen on tape matters. If you if you feel this is a good player, go get them. Don't. Who cares what other people? Th- who cares what I say? I mean, I what do I know? <laughs> well, you 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 have you have tenure. You you definitely have a lot of experience playing. But one of the great quotes that I've seen lately is that you have to be willing to fail to, to make it big. You cannot go along with the herd and expect it to break out. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to do something crazy like we saw last year coming out of the combine where one young man had Alex Barnes in his top three at the running back position. That's that's a little Oof. extra spicy and bold. But you definitely got to put your own work in. Again, the whole premise of the Dynasty Warzone since Jerry and I started doing that and we, when we bring guests on is not to tell you how to build your team, but to help make you think about how to build your team and give you some best practices and how-tos so that when you're on the clock that you, you feel more comfortable making those decisions. Um, I do want to jump into the running backs because who doesn't love a good running back? Uh, I, I think the top five are pretty much chalk at this point. Do you have any any quick thoughts on uh, Dobbins, Taylor Swift, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, I remember when she was a country music singer. Uh, and then uh, the, the, the fifth one is Cam Akers. Is there anything real quick on any of those five guys before we start talking about the non-first-round guys? Uh, I mean, if you can get any of those five, good for you. And and that's what makes this draft class so good is just there's five running backs that I'm going to be happy to get. Dobbins and Swift, I think, are pretty much dead even for me. Uh, Taylor, I'm still questionable. I think he's more landing spot dependent. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has risen for me. We have an algorithm at Dynasty Happy Hour that, that Tim Keller has made, and I've used it on the running backs. And Edwards-Hilaire is actually – he's actually done – quite well in it for me watching tape and he's up there with Dobbins and Swift and then acres is just right there. I think with Taylor and he could be a high riser depending on landing spot, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, you got the two wide receivers, you got the five running backs. And if you're in super flex, you got the three quarterbacks and we haven't even mentioned, you know, Jalen Rager or, or T Higgins. Like those two guys are not my top two receivers. And yeah, I mean, 
if you're going to get them at the end of the first, wow, like you you won the championship and you get Jalen Rager. <laughs> Congratulations. It's, it's not it's not a bad way to go about doing it. And I don't think this the, the this draft order is set. I think these landing spots are really going to shake going to oh, yeah. shake some things up. So I, I'll talk to these guys in just like clusters of two. First couple of names I wrote down was Keyshawn Vaughn. Now Keyshawn Vaughn is one of those Dynasty Warzone writer downer guys because every guy that's done Devi or has done their rookie scouting stuff, whether it was Nick Whalen, Garrett Price, uh, Shane Hallam, we have not had one person on yet that dislikes uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Now some like him more than others. Shane Hallam and Nick really loved uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Everybody else was at least okay with him. Uh, and then Anthony McFarlane uh, out of Maryland. Uh, Love him. Love oh, well, well, the, 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 well, there you go. So we, we have a good consensus feel on Keyshawn Vaughn. Give us a couple of minutes on uh, McFarlane. Just one word watching this tape. Bursty. Like, his burst score on our algorithm is insane. It's he's he has the best burst out of this class, I think, next to Swift. Like, him and Swift are neck and neck for me for just gets the ball and he is out of there. Like, just the top end, like going from zero to 60, like a freaking Tesla is what I would, <laughs> I would probably say. I, I think he's got good burst there. It like probably my main worry is I don't want him running the ball on first and goal. That would probably be my biggest thing. So, so the touchdown upside might not be there, but man, he is twitchy. He is bursty. He can catch the ball at the backfield. His 2018 film is better than 2019. He had some injuries in 19. But his 2018 film, I mean, even Travis May was saying this guy is going to be a dark horse. I love Anthony McFarland. I think he's going to be a steal in the draft. He could be a late second. And, I mean, Alexander Madison landed in a bad spot. He was an end of the second type running back in, in rookie drafts. And he looks like a fantastic player, but he's just stuck behind Cook. If McFarlane gets, you know, if he's in one of those committees where he's behind some people, but they're kind of like the Singletary type thing. Like if he gets his chance, McFarlane's going to be a good player. He just needs to land in that right spot. And he was another guy that, you know, one thing that he he may be someone that you're able to pick up in a, in a midseason trade because his, oh, yeah. his 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 best attributes are his elusiveness and his burst, and his worst attribute is pass protection. Well, as we've always said, that if you're not a good pass blocker, especially at the NFL level, then you're more than likely not going to see the field a ton as a rookie. I mean, look no further than Darwin Thompson. I don't think he was a very good pass blocker. You know, he he saw some snaps. I mean, he saw some. He He's saw him. He's a good player. Yeah, and and he, and he yeah. saw more Super Bowl snaps than Lashawn McCoy. And I, I think that this is the kind of guy that McFarland that you'll see a lot of uh, training camp buzz, and he'll pick up steam uh, in redraft probably because people will see him actually on their TVs making plays against third stringers that'll be driving dump trucks and you know walking dogs later this fall, but that won't stop people from drafting him. Then he'll disappoint a little bit. Then you can snap in and and, and buy him up cheap, and that that's someone that that I like. A couple of more names I wanted to bring up was Eno Benjamin and Zach Moss. I don't know what happened recently with Zach Moss, but all of a sudden, his his stock is high. You, do you have anything on Zach Moss? So I watched a lot of his 2019 and not his 18. And same with McFarland. He had some injuries in 19 that that kind of didn't help his case. But when I watched him, he had one move 
that I was like, oh, okay. And it was a spin move, which I felt like he went to all the time. I didn't think his burst was good. I I was not a fan. I watched him for, I think, 15 minutes, and I was just like, I don't want to watch anymore. And I just as with this recent news, I got to go back and watch more. I got to go back to 2018 and watch him because did I miss something? Like people are calling him Kareem Hunt. People are saying his contact balance is good, which he does, but I thought it was because he wasn't moving fast. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, I, I, I didn't see it. And that's the issue I, I'm trying to learn because I didn't see it with David Montgomery. I, didn't, I thought he had average bursts. I thought he had average speed. I, I thought his, his vision was good. His pass catching was good. But other than that, I didn't think he was great or very good at anything. But I let... I let Twitter kind of dwindle me down and beat me down. And I, I started, okay, I'll, I'll put them up there at five. And this year I'm trying to work on the whole entire, don't be consensus, trust in your eyes, trust in your vision. And just don't, don't rank where people have them rank. Like right now I have them in super flex. I have them at 22 people have them in the first round. Like I have them at the end of the second, which yeah, if I could get, Somebody who, from what I'm hearing, is going to be a third round, third round pick in the NFL draft in the late second. Yeah, sure, uh, I'll take that. But I'm just not. I don't think I will have him in the top twenty of my rookie rankings just for the fact that I didn't see it. Like I, from what I saw, I didn't see it. I need to go back and rewatch. But me personally, I just don't know if I'm going to have him on any teams. I might have him on one just in case I am wrong, but. That uh, that just in case of emergency break glass share, yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, the the vibe I'm getting from my my reading that I've done on Zach Moss, I'm getting a real Elijah Holyfield type vibe from this guy. Um, he was a three star. He was a three star recruit coming out of high school. Um, his his long speed is questioning. He's a guy that's going to have to do real well at the combine for him to to make my top two rounds. Now, if he comes out and he runs in that. You know that four five, even four five nine, four six flat. Okay, not a death sentence. But if he comes out and looks like he's got a dump truck on his back, I, I, I'm going to be out. So he he's one that I, I'm watching. He could spring up as high as that mid second round in a super flex tight end premium draft, and someone that could fall all the way into the third or later. My um, my issue with him is. The senior bowl, he had a great opportunity to show people what he's about. And he just didn't go. Like he he got an invite. Everybody was looking forward to it. And he's just like he like he accepted it and then he's like, nah, I'm good. Like he had no emergency, nothing. He just didn't go. He didn't want to go. Yeah, I, I found that weird. And I'm glad you said the word senior bowl, because it reminded me of the next guy I want to talk about was Josh Kelly and DJ Dallas. Now, DJ Dallas is a fantastic DJ Dallas fan. You know, <laughs> G- Garrett Price, if I will give credit where credit is due. So last year, I became a big Terry McLaren fan because of Nick Wayland. I ended up doing my own research and fell in love all on my own. But if I fall in love with DJ Dallas, it is 100% Garrett Price's fault. But I want to talk about Josh Kelly. He was, in my opinion, maybe the best offensive player that I actually saw in the game during the the Senior Bowl. And there's always that one senior running back that that tends to have 
uh, a good, at least NFL career to a degree. You know, you mentioned Kareem Hunt. David Johnson had a, a good season and a half, if you will. And it could be Keyshawn Vaughn, and it could be Zach, Zach Moss. But this is a guy that I really liked, um, Matt Kelly, the podfather. He had this guy on um, doing interviews. And this is a really well-spoken guy. I mean, not Terry McLaren. Level well-spoken, but but very well-spoken. So anything on Josh Kelly and uh, DJ Dallas? I love DJ Dallas. He is. It's funny because I was in a college league, the Heisman to Halas League, and DJ Dallas was probably one of my like favorite picks just because he was behind a couple of people. He was behind Travis Homer. And then when he became the starter, they used him all over the field before he came to start. Like he was a slot receiver. They used my receiver that they, they use him like a treat Cohen esque. And then when he came the starter, he had the ability to pass catch. He had this, he had the ability to go out on routes just because they use him in multiple spots. Like there was, there was a time last year where he had like 10 rushes for 120 yards and two, tu- two touchdowns. Like he's, he's explosive. In my eyes, he, he's a no nonsense runner. He finds a hole, sees hole. He's going to hit that hole. Like, and that's what I like about him. He's not going to try to imp- improvise where he shouldn't. And with Kelly, hopefully he's better than the other love child people had was John Kelly. And that was a story to be told. A lot of people love John Kelly. Uh, I think this time around, I think we're going to get a, now people are going to, to kind of bash it, but Corey Clement style type running back, Joshua Kelly. And now people may may think, oh, Corey Clement. Corey Clement was good when he was healthy. He pretty much helped the the Eagles win the Super Bowl. He 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 did uh, he did have some big plays, and he was a contributor. And you're right he he was a guy who who fought injuries a lot. I want to go back to DJ Dallas. I I think the fact that he's five foot ten and two hundred and fifteen pounds. I mean, he's like that. Yeah. I, he's like that ideal size. And and he's Perfect. he's someone that with good testing at the combine, he could really shoot up draft boards. I mean, if if you're in a one QB league with no tight end premium, uh, for for lack of better terms, your basic setup to a league, you know, all the running backs and wide receivers are going to be gone in those first twelve picks. This could be the kind of guy that you could you could gamble on, maybe take a half a round early in that type of format, and, and could end up with a uh, a nice surprise. Because yeah, I, Daniel I, Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah loves DJ Dallas. He thinks he could be a third round pick in the NFL draft, which would be insane to me. But also, you with players like this that you're kind of like, okay, I kind of know him, I've heard of him. You got to go back and see the recruit, see what kind of athlete they are as high school, especially with running backs. I I feel um, DJ Dallas was a, a very high profile four star running back coming into the his his draft class. So, I mean, he is not a, a slacker on the athletic side. He's, I think he's going to test very well. Well, I'm going to hit you with, with two more names and, and then we'll, uh, we'll go. I'm, ho- to... I'm hoping you're going to say the, the guy I want to say. All right. Well, I'm going to hit you with, and, and well, I'm going to hit you with two. And then we, and if I don't get him, we can bring up the guy you want to bring up. One is AJ Dillon, uh big boy out of Boston college, six foot two fitty. Uh, that doesn't have a TJ Duckett type feel to it. I don't know what does. <laughs> and then uh, De- Devin Duvernay. Um, okay. Anything yeah, you on, did. Uh, okay. Was Duvernay your guy? No. Okay. Well, well, give me anything you have on these guys, and then share with us who I missed. AJ Dillon tested 
it's in the visual test that I won't touch him. I I thought his pass protection was god awful for how big he was. Like he would like to throw his body out there, but man, it, people just go run around him. Like he wasn't fast on the pass pro, which is gonna struggle. Like you t- you said, TJ Duckett. That is almost a spot on because I I'm an Atlanta fan and I watched TJ Duckett with Warwick Dunn for years. And the second Warwick Dunn came out and you saw TJ Duckett, you're like, oh damn it, what the. <laughs> It was a mess. Like, just a, a full... big old dude act like he was going to start the truck every time he scored a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I remember TJ yes. Duckett. Yes. Like, he, when he, when you had the ball at the five, it was fun to watch. Like, all right. Okay. Now you can put in Duckett. Take Dunn out. Put Duckett, Duckett out. But, man, it, uh, yeah, that's, that's almost a perfect comp. I know TJ Duckett was probably what I think is a second round pick. He was a pretty high pick, but back then it was a little different. Uh, AJ Dillon, he's got he's got great straight line speed, but he's got to be in the straight line for about twenty yards till he picks up steam. So yeah, I I just did not like what I saw out of him. And Duvernay is the other guy. Yeah, anything on him? And it sounds like I missed your guy, so I really want to hear you know a little on Duvernay, but then like your uh, your mystery. Duvernay, I think, is going to oh, play he's, slot, he, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, a slot. I, I, type I may guy. have had him listed as the at, at the wrong position. Who is your guy? Forget Duvernay for a second. And, uh, we'll... JJ Taylor out of Arizona. Okay, fire away. I love JJ Taylor. He's going to be a late round pick for me, a free agent pickup anywhere I can. The dude is five seven. Like he is tiny. Like he I, five six five seven. He's about one hundred ninety five pounds, two hundred pounds. But man, you watch his tape. It was probably the most fun I had watching tape on running backs, just because, like, he has this. I, you, we all saw Byron Scott this year at the end of the year, like that. I am small, but man, I'm going to give you every little inch I have. Like he's going to try to run you over, and 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 he can. Like it, it's been insane. He, he's very elusive, and I love him. Matt Miller from Bleacher Report even said if if J.J. Taylor was 5'11", 210 pounds, he would be talked about in the second round. But he's so small that he's not. So look for this guy to get drafted in hopefully the fourth round as a Treat Cohen-esque type player, somebody who can go catch the pass. But I loved everything I saw out of J.J. Taylor. He's a guy I'm going to take late, and hopefully the, the NFL sees it like I did. Yeah, th- that's a good call. So I was literally, as you were saying that, I was writing that down because that is uh, the essence of what we do here at the Dynasty Warzone. I had not heard that name. I did not have a lot on him. And so I, I-, I wrote that one down. And he- here we are. Um going to move to the wide receiver position. Uh this is going to be a huge class. I saw today that it was either Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay said that 25 total wide receivers could go in the first 96 picks. That's the first three rounds. Do you believe that, Tyler? Oh, that's a lot of receivers. So I'd probably go the under, but there's a lot of great receivers, especially in your rookie rookie drafts. I mean, last year we got players like Deontay Johnson. We got, we got, Terry McLaurin, late, those type of players we got later. And I think we're going to have more options this year. That's how insane it is. 
It, it really is. So I'm going to try to throw around a, a, a couple of names just to get the people familiar with him. Now, we know what a big fan of Michael Pittman Jr. I am. And why I like him is he's tough. He's a good blocker. He's got good hands. Uh, he's physical. And I think all those things get, get him on the field. I don't think that he's got the wide receiver one upside of a C.D. Lamb or a Jerry Judy. But this is a guy who could come in and be a nice complimentary piece. He's got uh, – one of his big concerns is acceleration. Now, he says that he's going to run – uh, a lot faster for a man his size. Tyler, anything on Michael Pittman Jr.? Um, I know Bill Latin is a huge fan, and he's somebody that kind of put me on him. Uh, he's one of the bigger receivers. There's there's going to be tons of options in this receiver class. You're going to have your big receivers that have the catch radius. There's going to be the small, you know, can get the ball in space and do something. And then you're going to have the the deep threats, the the go run and catch it. We're going to throw it to you deep. I mean, it's pretty much a pick your poison type of draft this season. And Pittman, I would probably put in the, the big receiver that can almost do everything. Like his ceiling, his ceiling could be Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, and his floor can be nothing. Dor- like, Dor- Dor- Doriel Green Beckham? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it that low, but <laughs> I mean, Equinemia St. Brown there. There's a there's a low floor, uh, uh, a little tier for him. And an honest but one yeah. for you because you you uh, you were a big Equinemia St. Brown guy because you're a Notre Dame uh, guy. Yes, loved him. That that's where that's probably one place where my bias shines is Notre Dame players, and I try not to let it shine. But man, they definitely have a precedence over other people <laughs> yeah N- notre dame is near and dear to my heart that was my dad's favorite college program uh being okay. fr- being from the state of indiana so um, a couple of these other guys that you know they, they went to big name schools and when we did our recent two-round mock draft with nick and pete law uh justin jefferson didn't even make our top 24 although mel kuyper has him going inside the first round and then there's growing buzz around donovan peoples jones uh, Jefferson, six foot three. Uh, we'll call it one ninety five. Peoples Jones is six two, two ten. Is there anything that you have on these two guys? Peoples Jones is going to test out of this world at the combine. I mean, he's a five star recruit, the best receiver coming out in his class. He he's super young. I think he that Michigan really hurt him. I think he's going to be a better NFL player than he will be a college player. So. He is all upside. I mean, if you you pretty much have to take everything he did out in college and throw it out the window and just hope that the athleticism carries him into a better receiver because he has everything you want in a receiver for athletic profile. Like he is the whole package. Yeah, he was re- returning punts for Michigan at 6'2, 210 pounds. Think of that. Like he is so athletic. That is where it's going to come in. Could he be? Oh God, who's the guy from LSU that everybody loved years ago that just fell off? It, it was probably like three, four years ago. But yeah, it, it, it could be that. Or, I mean, he could actually be, like I said, a better NFL player. I've got him highly, highly ranked. I think he's in the teens for me. So I'm I'm a fan just for the athletic profile. And then who was the other? Oh, Justin Jefferson. He, I think, is just good. He's a good receiver. He is right in the early second. He does everything good. 
I don't think he's got any special attributes. He's got he's got very strong hands, and that's probably I think his best attribute is you watched in you know the run to the championship that dude catched everything and, and and his hands are so strong like people are batting at his arms and he's like nope this is mine like his if he has a hand on the ball he's catching it i think he's just a solid receiver i, I loved arthega whiteside last year and that would probably be the jefferson comp I, as much as i still love jj who is my Dante Moncrief now, my forever on a hill type player. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I could see is that type of player. And another thing about Jefferson is super young. He is 20 years old at the moment. And yeah, super young. So he has room to grow. He, he's someone, Justin Jefferson, that, that I'm having to, to, to reevaluate because the non-dynasty and the non-fantasy guys – they had this guy going in the first round. I've seen him mock to the Saints a lot. I've seen him mock yeah. to Green Bay. And if that he does get NFL first-round draft capital and he does get that kind of a landing spot, I think we have to sit down and reevaluate our rankings. And, and I think a lot of this is going to come down to testing. I want to hit you with a couple of other seniors. Uh, I want to hit you with Brian Edwards and a guy from your neck of the woods, Tyler Johnson. Now, Tyler's got a great first name. We'll give you that. It's he hails. Great. It is great. Hails from a great state of Minnesota. So he's got a lot yeah. going for him. But what can you tell me about these two big guys? Brian Edwards, just hope he's not a, a Kelvin Harmon. For both these guys, like Kelvin Harmon had all the hype, you know, big time catches in college. Oh, he's, he's my 103 overall in this rookie class before anything. Like probably this time last year. Kelvin Harmon was a lot of people's, you know, third 103. I hope that doesn't happen. Brian Edwards, I think, is a good receiver. I think he's going to test better than Harmon. And, I mean, just his style of receiver, if you're not willing to just throw your body and just, like, like Preston Williams would probably say is the type of receiver that NFL is going away from. But just how Preston Williams is like, Okay, I'm going to Brandon Marshall my way to relevance. And just, I don't care if I'm going to get hurt or not. I'm going to catch this ball. Like, that's Preston Williams. And I think that's what it takes for players like Tyler Johnson and Edwards because, you know, you have the Laquan Treadwell. They, they don't, they're not great at breaking away from the defender. They don't have the space, you know, trying to create space with speed or explosion. They need to do it technically. And Tyler Johnson showed that, I think, in the bowl game. I just, like I said, I, I fear for these two that they're going to get put in that Kelvin Harmon type thing. I know it's recency bias from last year, but I, I think I like Edwards more than Johnson. I know people are going to be shocked because of Minnesota and all that, but Johnson just has, I think, a more average profile compared to Edwards. The, the one thing that concerned me a little bit on Tyler Johnson is that he's not a super physical guy for a guy who's six foot two, two Oh five. Yeah. You know, he runs good routes. He, it's said that he's got a good football IQ. Um, his hands are okay. They're not elite or they're not bad. They're just okay. And he's not physical. It's just, he, he kind of feels like a walking C plus. Like if he was a report card, he'd be walking around with a C plus on him. Uh, Brian Edwards. I actually kind of like, more than than most i just i fear that he is not going to be 
that great of an athlete. I don't think he's going to test out well. He says that he is. Some of these guys are going to have to be, hey, man, I want the NFL to tell me what these guys are. and Because and, draft yeah. capital means so much for these guys. There's a couple other guys I want to hit you with. We're, we're starting to run just a, a hair long. Uh, I, I, w- I would be beaten about the head and neck if I didn't ask you about Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky. Um, <laughs> j- j- you know, he was when I was doing his draft profile, it was just it just read athlete. You know, this guy played yep. some quarterback. Uh, he's done some punt returning. I wrote down that he's very situational dependent by, by that. I mean, I want him to land with a – a Sean Payton, an Andy Reid, uh, a Frank Reich type guy that can figure out a way to use this guy. He's very raw, but man, there's just something about this dude. So I would almost rather have Bowden than Lavishka Chenault. <laughs> I am not a Chenault fan at all. I mean, we all had this player up here in Minnesota called Cordero Patterson that had the same profile the same type athletic profile and just didn't pan out. Call me biased or not, but LaVisca Chanel does not appeal to me at all. He, if he, he has to land in the right spot. Like LaVisca Chanel has like three spots or he's not, I feel he's not going to be that great. So like if Chanel went to the saints, Oh yeah, sure. Count me in. But if not, no, thank you. And like they have Chanel going to the Packers. Maybe. Maybe that could be something good. I don't think so. But, man, I think that Lynn Bowden has – I think he's a little more twitchy than Chanel. Like, Chanel, I think, is bigger and more – I don't – like, I think he can bully people more. But, man, with the way the NFL is right now, yeah, I think Bowden can actually succeed. And, like you said, he's an athlete. You can put him anywhere on the field and put him on jet sweeps, put him in the backfield at times. He can, he can do everything for you. You can, you can run that, uh, that Philly special with him. I mean, he was a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you, some of the stuff that the Patriots do with Julian Edelman. I mean, he just feels like a guy that's going to be really fun to have on your, your dynasty team. If you can get him like in that mid to late third round. I mean, all of all the guys yeah. we've mentioned, He's a he's a project. He's another he's not a prospect. You know, uh, Jerry Judy's a prospect. This guy's a project. You're gonna put it on the back end. I, I got two more uh, couplings of wide receivers to talk to, to you about, and then we'll take this one home. I want to talk about Denzel Mims and Antonio Gandy Golden. These are a couple more of those big dudes. Uh, Mims being six three, and Golden gonna be six four. Uh, you know, Golden is you know talk about he's got good physicality. He's tough. Uh, he's got that size. He's a little bit, uh, you know, his route running's not the best. Um, he's, you know, okay in, you know, blocking. The term that gets thrown around with, with Gandy Golden is that he's lazy and takes plays off. I don't like that at all. Denzel Mims going to have good hands, great speed, tremendous catch radius due to his size. Um, he does have a limited uh, route tree, and he's not like the greatest football mind. What do you have on these two? Do you prefer one to the other? I have I have a friend that I work with that is the biggest Gandy Golden fan I've ever met. He loves this guy. But I going to taking plays off and all that, Gandy Golden, he is somebody who I liked what I saw at the senior bowl in the aspect of he was rooting for his teammate. 
like during the drills. Like he, you saw other players kind of like uh, looking around, looking off in the space. This guy's jumping up and down, freaking out when they're catching the ball. Like he loves the game. And that's what I like to see. Like players like that, it, shun me for it or not. But man, I like seeing that attitude, seeing people love the work, love the little things about their job. And he's a player that showed out in the senior bowl, somebody who got better as the week went on. And I, I know the tape, he did take plays off. I think you can definitely say, hey, man, this is the NFL. You got to block. You got you to get your nose in the dirt. And I think he will. And so I like him better than Mims. I think Mims is going to be more of a, I, I don't know, like a fifth, fourth or fifth round type NFL draft pick that you're going to get in the, the third or fourth round that you may hope that turns out like a, like a BC Johnson a guy that you got for dirt cheap that lucked into some playing time, looked good when he did, and that could be Mims. You know, Mims is going to test real well. And, you know, a couple of other names I want to throw out there, a couple of Big Ten guys, K.J. Hamler out of Penn oh, State. <laughs> He's five, five foot nine, a buck 75, big as a minute. But the kind of guy, he's got speed, he's got a good route tree, um, good change of direction. There's concerns about you know his small hands and not uh, able to break a bunch of tackles, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. Um, you mentioned uh, Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah. They both seem to be kind of high on Brandon Ayuk uh, out of Arizona State. Um, there's a guy, and then Van Jefferson, who is slowly, slowly because he's almost 24. He's slowly becoming my, my my favorite old man of the draft. I've had good success with old men like uh, <laughs> Cooper Cup and Terry McLaren. Uh, but yeah, I, Cooper I, Cup was like 38 when he came out. Yeah, so yeah, he's been in the league three years. He's going to be 27 when. The, but you know that's fine. I know a lot of people get down on these older prospects. I mean, this is dynasty, and there's going to be new guys every year. If I can get a guy like. If, if if a Van Jefferson can turn into a Cooper Cup type player, and I'm not comparing the two for anything other than their age, but if, if he were to, you know, pop a little bit, because he is a really good route runner. He's got great hands. He's got a great high, uh, football IQ. He gets that from his dad. You know, his dad's the, I believe, the wide receivers coach for the Jets. You know, he's got that dog in him. You know, this guy's going to show up and work. And in, in a PPR world, I could see Van Jefferson uh, being very useful. So do you have anything on Hamler, K.J. Hill out of Ohio State, another guy I didn't cover a bunch, Van Johnson, uh, any of those guys you want to chat on real quick? Oh, man. Hamler I'm a fan favorite of. And I don't know if, like, I am a huge fan of Penn State positional players. Uh, I loved Gusecki. I loved Deshaun Hamilton. I, I loved Allen Robinson. I loved Chris Godwin. And I love Hamler. Yeah, Hamler. I love him. Like He is small, but he is as close as you can get to a Tyreek Hill-esque player, I think, in this draft. And I know people are going to say Rager. I think think Rager has a little more strength than Hamler, and I think Rager has more jump ball ability. But when it comes to the ball in your hands, Hamler, I think, is better. He is a huge recruit that had some major injuries. So that's going to be an issue. He's very young, but I, Hamler, I think he's going to, he's going to test through the roof in the, in the combine. Like he's going to break it. And I, that could raise his draft stock to 
probably third round. I could see him getting drafted in the NFL. And if he lands in the right spot, I'm hoping to snag him up in the second round in a lot of drafts. And with Ayuk, he is a deep threat type player. Um, Marvin Jones S type player, I think is his ceiling, which is not bad, but I just, I, I was lukewarm on him. I would say he, he has some concentration drops, but I mean, the dude can fly. He can run a heck of a nine route, not DK Metcalf style, <laughs> but I mean, he, he can definitely do what he does well. So there's a definitely a fit for him. And with the other player, who else did you bring up? KJ Hill is going to be a slot yeah. receiver. He's I think he is not moving outside the slot. He's going to be a slot specialist. I, if you can get him in the fourth round, I mean, he's an Ohio state receiver that I didn't get much love. You hear that? I mean that Terry McLaurin, you didn't get much love, but I'm not saying he's Terry McLaurin, but he's going to be a slot receiver that if he does start playing, he's going to, he's going to get you solid points week to week. He's not going to, blow things up but he's a good player and van jefferson i i haven't watched too much on him yet i need to get to him but i will take your word for it and another player i want to talk about is courtney davis who my friend i work with is in absolute love with he is his favorite receiver in this class i'm not saying he's the top receiver but the the kind of hidden gem courtney davis he thinks is going to be a stud and i have seen my friend from work, he watches tape every night when we're, we're on we're on break. He doesn't write for anybody or anything. He doesn't want to, but he just does it because he loves it. And he's hit on a lot of players. And so Courtney Davis, I will give a shout out to my friend Al at work. Courtney Davis is his dude. Well, th- there you go. Well, so so this is for uh, Yams. Yams, this one was for you, kid. Uh, you know, you wanted us to talk about guys outside the top 12. We we, we literally just covered, uh, we'll say, 25 to 30 names, some in more detail than the other. But this is what, what you're looking for. Um, one thing that I will caution you on, and I'll get Tyler's opinion on this as well, you're going to see things at the Combine. You're going to see feats of athleticism that are going to make you go, ooh and ah. But what you can't do is is let it cloud your judgment. You know, uh, there, there, there are two things in this world that make men very stupid. And, and one is beautiful women. The other one is people doing athletic drills at the Combine in Indianapolis. I don't know what it is. The ladies don't tend to fall for it as much, I, which <laughs> seems odd. But uh, don't get bamboozled. Don't move Alex Barnes into your top five. You know, trust the process. The Combine is merely but one thing. You know, I, I, I am building a spreadsheet that's going to have various rankings pre and post combine um, and I'm going to put put more into it so that the more I put into it that's good the more that will come out of it's good do you agree with that Tyler don't fall in love with these guys in, oh, man. in, in, in I shorts was, I was just about to cut you off and say don't forget that Michael Thomas tripped over his own self during the gauntlet and people laughed at him and I was one of those people I was one of those people that did not take Michael Thomas at all because I'm like, man, his gauntlet was so bad. He dropped everything. He tripped and fell midway through. And yeah, he, he didn't look that great. Another player, Chris Jones from Kansas City Chiefs, one of the most dominated defensive tackles, had his nuts fly out of his suit in the middle of the 40. And now he's one of the best defensive tackles. Like, 
who cares what happens in the combine? Because the NFL, like you've told told us, will tell us where they belong. Yeah, and, and, and even the NFL misses. I mean, there's a lot of guys who go undrafted that do well. Another name that I wanted to bring up, I like to bring up uh, for, for people that aren't as familiar, is James Robinson out of Illinois State. He's a running back. That is my buddy Shane Hallam's big sleeper in, in this class and someone to, to keep an eye on. He's going to be at the Combine. I just use it to kind of reaffirm what I already know. Um, but, I, but I let it, you know, it creates mistakes. We've watched... Uh, we watched Dalvin Cook go from the 101 in his draft class to about the 104 because he ran a poor three-cone. I totally whiffed on DK Metcalf because he ran a, a three-cone worse than Tom Brady. And, and you, you just have to take it with a grain of salt and continue to build on your process. These guys are going to have pro days. They're going to get drafted. And the draft capital, I mean, this time last year, pre-combine, we a lot of us were touting, Jerry, were touting guys like Hakeem Butler, as their wide receiver won, he ended up going like at the first pick of the fourth round and hasn't even yep. really been heard from yet. So don't get too caught up on it. Tyler, thank you for joining me. I've been trying to get you to join me for a while. You are a busy man. Uh, and Tyler, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end the show. I started the show saying good things about Tyler. I will end it much the same way. Tyler deserves a lot of credit because not only is he a great dynasty and fantasy analyst, he's a great dad. He's really proud of his wife and his children. He's always posting pictures of him, uh, and, and he, he makes sure to keep priorities in line. So, uh, Tyler, that's one of the things that, that I find remarkably redeeming about you. But uh, take this one in with, with you telling us what's going on with the Dynasty Happy Hour again and uh, anything you want the peoples to know. Uh, yeah, just... Come listen. We got, you know, Doug was on hiatus for a little bit. He's coming back. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping in August, like, like Memphis was saying, I, I'm, I'm still trying to convince the wife, to let me go. I've got, I've got, you know, some people wanting me to go and I would love to, to network and get to know everybody. I I've met a couple people, but a lot of people on the East coast, I've never met. We got the dummies that are going, we've got, we got you guys, the war zone. I would love to meet you guys. Uh, Rich from the dynasty nerds, who is pretty much the father who brought me into the community. He's going to be there with Garrett and Matt. I mean, there's gonna be so many people there and it's going to be a great way to get to know people and, and talk with them, which is what this is all about. And just, yeah, just thanks for having me on. It was awesome. Um, yeah. I had a Wednesday, where I had some time. So yeah, it's, it's been a blast. I love coming on chatting. I chat with Memphis all the time. It's finally good to go face to face at times. We had him on the dynasty happy hour and uh, it's, it's been good to return the favor. No, man, it, it's been great and look forward to it. And this, this dynasty slash fantasy expo in Canton, Ohio, the, the last year's was good, but I remember hearing a lot of the organizers and the original members talking about a lot of the lessons they learned. So I'm ex I'm expecting big things in year two, and that's what's enticing me to go. But no, man, I, I appreciate you jumping on, and we appreciate you listening. Um, please head over to iTunes, leave us that five-star review. We're trying to, to get to that magical 200 uh, 
just enjoyed uh, bringing on a new Patreon this morning. We brought Sean in, uh, got him in the group chat, got him fired up. A lot of good things going on at Dynasty Warzone, uh, the patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. But enough with all that, I want to thank Tyler again. And remember, on behalf of Tyler, I am Memphis, and here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week, guys. Thank you.